This is the Born Offside podcast. Whoever thought they would get this far? Why is Apple letting them publish? Oh well, here comes some more of the shit. Welcome everybody to episode five of Born Offside. Can you believe that we've got this far? We can't. We've done it every day. And boy, what a day. What <laughs> a day today was. Oh, oh I think um, we've had a big, our first big shock uh, of the World Cup. And then another, I think our second minor shock. And then um, Serbia played. And then Serbia, yep. <laughs> We have. It's been absolutely unbelievable. Um, I, I echo your sentiments. How have we managed to get this far? Uh, but we have. Uh, unbelievable uh, uh, day of football yesterday. And uh, yeah, I just, uh, I just can't believe it. It's the, dog, the dog can't incredible. believe it either. He, um, the dog can't believe it. No, yep. he's, he's just gone mental. Uh, and I'll <laughs> let everybody in on a secret. The reason why he's going mental is because I live in Oakland, California, above a Mexican-owned restaurant. It's not actually a Mexican restaurant. It serves hamburgers. But it's a Mexican-owned restaurant. And there has been music coming out of it since approximately uh, midday today, constantly. <laughs> it has not stopped. It is still going. Uh, the entirety of this part of the world is extremely happy. Um, I, I, can, I can imagine. It must be absolutely crazy over there. Uh, is it, has it been declared a national holiday as yet? But, well, yeah. We're not actually in Mexico, so I don't think so. <laughs> but obviously there's a huge Mexican um, population here in California. And I'm looking forward to going to the office tomorrow because we've got uh, quite, a few num- uh, quite a few Mexican people who, who are in the office. If they make it in tomorrow, I think there's a fair chance they won't. Well, they're uh, probably downstairs right now. So maybe you should go there and just have a quick word. Yeah, yeah, I've got to get to work tomorrow, so I'm not going anywhere near downstairs. Fantastic. What a what an absolute what a, what an amazing match. Really absolutely incredible. Uh, I think uh, start off by uh, uh, by the fans once again, who seem to be making this World Cup uh, an, a, a World Cup, a proper World Cup. Why um, are there so many South American and Central American people in Russia? It doesn't make any sense. Have they managed to find some kind of time warp uh, thing, some kind of funnel where they're able to get from one side of the planet to the other so successfully? I don't I understand. Know. Like Peru, Argentina. Uh, and now Mexico, Costa Rica. Are com- Costa Rica are completely dominating the European fans. I mean, like Germany to Russia, A, not wanting to make um, stereotypes, but Germans on the whole have more money than Mexicans. Yep, B, you wouldn't- <laughs> B it's closer. C, yep. Germany were more fancy to win, but it was what, 80% Mexican fans, it seemed like in the stadium? It was, yeah, just was it- insane. It- it- it's just incredible. Maybe, maybe there's something that the South Americans don't know about Russia that the Europeans do. Uh, and <laughs> some sort of information uh, that went round uh, uh, publicly throughout Europe uh, as to the caution that you have to take when going over to Russia. And a lot of people must have thought, right, okay, well, we're not going to go to Russia. Uh, uh, or, or maybe it's just not, a, not enough of a challenge, maybe, for the Europeans. They just think, oh, it's too close. You know, we want a challenge I- next 
I, I think it's more likely that the Central Americans are like, I'm not scared of them. Russia? Yeah, I'm off. Absolutely. I'm scared of them. Bring it who on. We'll fight them. Um, <laughs> They're only the, 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 the biggest country in the world, but who are they? No, let's go. <laughs> and, and go they did. And uh, what a match. It was, it was I really, it's the first big shock of this World Cup. And it's, it was made all the more sweeter by the fact that it was Germany on the receiving end of it. Oh, it and, was I mean, it's, did, did, can we, can we uh, possibly rate any of the players uh, on the German national side any higher than a 5 out of 10? Um, let me think through this. No. No, <laughs> I mean, there, there wasn't one. I felt sorry for Boateng at times because uh, him and Hummels were left really, really exposed to the, to the Mexican counter. It was really incredible um, a lack of tactical flexibility from the Germans because I guess that and also we have to say the Mexican coach formulated a brilliant plan they they waited for for Germany to to get kind of they didn't press them they didn't they didn't go and press the back four they waited for the Germans to get in midfield and then kind of press them in midfield because mm. Cruz as as we were talking about yesterday is an excellent player um, but mm. if he does lack one thing, it's perhaps pace. And then Kadira, I think the two of them, without Schweini, they really missed Schweini. Without Schweini there, <laughs> they were a little bit kind of vulnerable to being um, pressed in midfield. And then the problem was, if they lost the ball there, it was one pass and Mexico were, were at Boateng and Hummels because Kimmich and uh, the left-back were so far up. I mean, Kimmich was... D- taking overheads in his own in, in um, Mexico's box it, at one it point. It was, wouldn't it? It was a very nice overhead. I must say, it, it was it, a lovely attempt. Of Gareth what Bale it, there. what uh, is your uh, right back doing there? Like he's not <laughs> supposed to be there. Well either it could have been a, a masterful tactical genius move whereby he went up and, and told everybody else that hang on a second I'm going for this one. You guys all cover me around the back, but we didn't see that. So uh, you know, some kind of secretive messages that they were passing on no. through to each other. Well Mexico um, Mexico saw straight through it. Uh, and if Mexico hadn't if they picked the right pass a couple more times um, and had just a little bit more composure on the counterattack, it would have been three or four nil before Germany had even really got into the game. Like it's, it's, even the Lozano goal, when it happened, they'd been warned once that, that, that he could do that, that he could cut in and shoot. And it was only like a last minute, um, last ditch tackle from Boateng. But the, especially in the first half, the Germans like so much intensity. Like it's almost like that arrogance of like, yeah, yeah, they're coming at us now. Yeah, but we'll score later. Hmm. Like even when the goal went in, they didn't seem bothered. But they really should have been bothered <laughs> because Mexico were playing better than them. Um, and it's, it's, it's very true. And, and yeah, you called it lasagna. There he was out on the indeed. left wing, cutting in, beautiful, and served him up a treat. It, it did. It did. I'm ignoring your, your pun food. Oh. Lasagna is oh, not even a Mexican mind. food. Come on. Oh, it um, doesn't matter. We're going to go down the Latin route. You know, we might as well put him in there. They're all, they're all um, the same people. Look, I was, I was really impressed with, uh, with, with Lozano. I was really impressed with, with Vela actually in there as well. I didn't think he'd be so influential. Um, but it was, just, it was just amazing to watch how it was such an end-to-end game in, in, in so many mm-hmm. ways as well. It was just like keep you on, your, on, on the edge of your seat. And uh, if, uh, if you're, you're good old mate there from Tele Globo was on there then you'd probably be suffering more Aerosmith songs uh, because thankfully uh, he was not we had we did have a 
we did have um, a, a Mexican summarizer who was very excited, but just the right level of excited, I thought. Um, he, wow. didn't, he didn't go too nuts. It was nice. Um, it was this kind of... The thing with, I think, that I've only realized since living here uh, is the expectation on that Mexican team is ridiculous. I thought that the England team, circa early 2000s, had too much expectation on them. This Mexican team have so much expectation. Like, if you ask Mexicans, you know, where do you think Mexico is going to, you know, if they hit their ceiling, if they play to their capacity, where do you think that they can go? And they're like, oh, we can win it. And I'm like, <laughs> you're funny. Where do you think you're really going to end up? Because Mexico can't win the World Cup. <laughs> Or can they look at this? I mean, they've uh, they've obviously you know, they set out their stall. They did what they needed to do in this game, and they're going up against the world champions. Let's not forget, they're going up against a team that okay, fair enough. They they weren't great in in uh, uh, in the pre qualifying and uh, in in the, the post qualifying matches and everything that they, that they went up. There was a little bit of talk about that, but Germany have always been a little bit slow in the matches just uh, leading up to the World Cup. So it, it I think it probably caught them all a little bit off guard and and then when you put Meza Ozil in there you know it's just a recipe for disaster you know it's just I, uh, yeah I, I think everyone especially like every Premier League fan is going to look at this through the lens of had Leroy Sane been there would it have been any different absolutely absolutely because and it's perhaps uh, unfair to judge it that way but I'm going to and if he had been there it would have been much better because <laughs> they were so slow that that front three uh, I mean, Muller was, that's the worst I've ever seen. Like, I've always privately suspected that Muller was a bad player. And you, then, have you ever privately suspected that he was a yogurt? <laughs> yeah, well, well, he was he, during he this game. Like he played he like a yogurt. He all over the pitch. He was ridiculous. And Julian Brandt as well, who this, this famous painter who's supposed to be coming in and, and instead of uh, our good old Leroy Sané, he, he was, uh, admittedly, he, he did have a beautiful shot in the 90th minute, but uh, it, was, it was just too little too late. Well, yeah, Draxler was, I thought, uh, poor. Ozil was poor. Uh, Muller was poor. Uh, Timo Werner, who you said to pick out, was busy yep. but but yeah. poor. Yeah. Uh, Kimmich was too far up the field. Uh, the left back, I can't remember his name. Tony Cruz got stuffed. Uh, Kadira was poor. Hummels was so slow. Boateng ah, well, had Hummels to do it by himself. Beginning of time as well, so I don't know what they're what they're thinking of really. Um, and you, you know, you have to blame Joachim Lowe really for this one uh, because uh, that's that's his job. His job is to get in there and dissect uh, who you're going to be playing against and find a way to be able to get past him. But I, I think that he he just thought, right, I'll just put these uh, these guys out there and we'll get a result. And uh, and yeah. The Mexican coach did a number on him, completely did a number on him. And from what I saw of the German interviews afterwards, uh, I think it was Neuer and I think it was um, Boateng who said after the game, were like, we were surprised. We didn't expect mm. them to play that way. And the fact that they couldn't react to that, I would have thought would be worry, worrying for, for any German fans watching. And if yes. it is worrying for any German fans watching, I don't care because you're Germany. <laughs> And mate, they even managed to bring Rafael Marquez on. They did. And Rafael Marquez played one delicious pass um, off the back of a, of a corner into Chicharito. The, I, the one downside on this entire thing for me was Chicharito crying at the final whistle. Oh, God. You haven't won the World Cup, you little king. <laughs> You've just won a game. Don't cry. 
Not he's yet. Got himself emotional. He's got himself emotional, and you know he's let it all go. Yeah, and I I would be worried if I was Mexican because like. I know it looked to me like they were playing that game as if it was their cup final and, and they're obviously in a very strong position, but can they keep it at that level? And that's what the, the, the TV, the TV punditry uh, on us television with, with, you know, very much of the mind of, okay, okay. We've won, you know, we've won. It's great, but we have to, you know, have to keep that level. Can they keep that level? And um, yeah, well, they've got, uh, they've got South Korea and Sweden now to to negotiate. South Korea will be the next one, and they, uh, you know, that's and and isn't it so many times the case? You know, your team comes out firing on all cylinders. It does extremely well. Everybody gets behind the team. Everyone, and suddenly the level of expectancy just shoots through the roof. And then they come up against a team just like South Korea, uh, who uh, come along and just trip them up, and uh, and then they come, you know, smashing straight back down to back down to earth. Well, the Sweden. Korea game, which we'll move on to a little later in the preview, but that game now has become really important. You know, mm. you know, everyone would have expected Germany to win this game, and then Sweden Korea. You know, first game probably a draw is not a disaster. Now they both have to win because you yes. don't you don't want to go head to head with Germany for second place, do you? So no, absolutely. Yeah. And the Germans will have. Yeah, maybe they won't this is... play that badly again. There's no way that the no. Germans will play that badly again. No yeah, way. I, th- I think they'll 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 be uh, reading everything that goes through the German press as well. They'll they'll realize what uh, what they've done, and yeah, they, they could be in for a real uh, you know real trouble if 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 they fail on the next hurdle as well. So absolutely. Although if Ozil and Müller play again, they might have a chance. God damn it. <laughs> Oh dear! They really have to. Is it too late to bring Sonny in? <laughs> yes, and le- I think unless there's an injury to someone, maybe they should. They, maybe they could just crock someone. Ooh, ooh, ooh that's not a bad idea. Do a do a Tonya Harding and just smash up. I don't know someone's <laughs> legs. Oh dear! It sounds right. like I'm advocating violence, uh, but I, I feel like you know you could injure someone in a non-violent way. <laughs> we just injure them mentally. You know, yes. Sorry, he had, he, had a, he had a stomping headache and he just couldn't deal with it anymore. Please. Stomping headache. <laughs> That's as you, uh, it says here on the reason for, player, uh, for the player exchange is headache. Yes. Mental health <laughs> is a serious thing. It's got a headache. headache. Headache caused by seismic activity in Mexico City. Oh, yeah. This is a thing, isn't it? Apparently, according to the, the Mexican Earthquake Monitoring Service, there was detected seismic activity in Mexico City and it's at precisely 11.32 a.m., which is when uh, Lozano thrashed one in the bottom corner. Oh, mate, you know, it's, uh, I, I've just got this image of hundreds of thousands, millions, in fact, uh, uh, Mexicans jumping up and down for joy. And as if they're not on a crazy fault as it is already, you know, they're asking for trouble. We want another one, please. You know, OK, all right. Calm I, down, you know? <laughs> I kind of suspect that the staff at the Mexico Earthquake Monitoring Institute jumped up and down and made the machine move. That's oh. what hey gringo i think we make this move i think <laughs> okay hey, let's let's blame it on all of the population <laughs> can you delete this <laughs> no gringo i can't <laughs> uh, oh, dear. um so i think that's probably enough on germany mexico because we could do the entire <laughs> podcast on this it was fantastic it was wonderful we've had an upset the germans are hurt there's a possibility that if germany i don't know draw with sweden which could happen and then 
uh, a win against Korea might not be enough because Sweden get five points and Mexico gets seven and the Germans go home. Oh, it's on. Oh, my it's on. Can you imagine? Oh, it would be, be so oh. good. I would, want, I would want player cam on Manuel Neuer when that happens. Oh, I <laughs> um, So anyway, we'll leave Great. Germany and Mexico behind and we'll move on to the, the second game that we're going to review today, which was the highly anticipated oh, Brazil versus Switzerland. So that's coming up in part two. Brilliant. You, I've got something to put in you. At the Neymar, 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 you're a superstar. Part two, let's go. Right then, part two. Samba Boys versus Chocolate Makers. Neymar versus Shakira. And... um. A surprising, a surprising result. And like, are we saying this is on the same level as Argentina won, Iceland won, or is it slightly less shocking than that? I mean, uh, it's no Germany, Mexico, but what is it? Yeah, no, I, I, I think it's similar, similar. Um, but Switzerland, we have to give a little bit more. Um, you know, Switzerland have obviously a hell of a lot more experience than Iceland. Uh, they have a more established team. They are, uh, they've got uh, more established internationals and everything as well. So I don't see it as too much of a surprise in in, in many ways. It was just that, uh, you know, and. Brazil did try, you know, they knocked on the door. I think, you know, the first half was theirs. Um, the, it's, it's just that they, they let that goal in so quickly in, at, at the beginning of the second half. Um, but that still gave Brazil 35 minutes to be able to come back and, and, and score another goal. And uh, as much as they tried, they just, couldn't, uh, they just couldn't get the end product. Mate, how surprising would you say it was if I put it to you this way? Uh, if you look just at the key players and said that it was Neymar versus Granite Xhaka, how surprised are you now? <laughs> Neymar versus Granite Xhaka. And it's just, you know, he should be running rings around him six times before he actually gets around him. Um, it's, he's not a difficult player to get past, for goodness sake. And especially for someone with the caliber of Neymar. Um, but I mean, I just blame it all on Neymar's haircut. Well blamed, well blamed. That yes. was... I mean, I think he's a fashion forward individual. I, I think he has his moments. He's clearly something of a style icon, but it seemed to me that he couldn't decide between perm and bleach and did both. And it went badly wrong. It did go badly wrong, didn't it? It was, I can't really imagine. Was, was it spaghetti? Uh, was it uh, barbed wire? Was it, uh, was it coil? Uh, was it, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what was on top of his head. It may very well have been a bird's nest for all I know. Uh, but whatever it was on his, on his head, uh, he needs to just get rid of that, quite frankly, because yes. I'm, I'm sure that it's a bad omen. And I wouldn't be surprised if Casemiro pulled him to one side when he got into the end. Because you know what it's like, you know, when you lose, lose a game like that, you all go back into the... Or draw a game like that you go back into the uh, into the dressing room everyone's very quiet everyone's very somber everyone's you know it's just, there's a lot of you know all you hear is the the the, th the thuds of your studs uh, uh trundling through the changing rooms and then they all start sitting down big size and casemiro gets up from his seat and goes over to neymar and says or oh, you i can get sort rid of it Get rid of it, mate. It's obvious. You couldn't even see, you know. I mean, the thing was just falling down in front of your eyes. It's just ridiculous. Just get rid of that, Neymar, for God's sake. Do a Pogba. 
and start focusing a little bit more and taking this uh, World Cup a little bit more seriously. Because quite frankly, that haircut was good enough for you to be able to turn him around upside down, call him a mop and start clearing up the changing rooms that he was in. It was just it was, stupid. It was, it was <laughs> by far the worst haircut of, of, of the World Cup so All far. Time. Yeah, well, maybe, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, all time is a good shout. Um, well, Thank you. Well, I'm going to go with it. <laughs> what, about, what about, and, and it's a, I think it's a, you know, a, a fair comparison because he was also Brazilian. What about 2002 original Ronaldo's front of the head triangle thing? Oh my goodness. Okay. Yep. I think he's probably up there. Um, I think that was, <laughs> that was one for the ages. Um, along with uh, uh, Chris Waddle's mullet, probably. Um, you know, you'd have to, you'd have to sort of say, uh, you know, I mean, there's something to say, obviously. Mate, about if I had mullet. to say to you now, right. you have to sport one of those haircuts tomorrow. Which one are you taking? Mate, that's not fair. All right. That's not <laughs> no, fair. you have to have one. I've Gun got, to your head. I've Gun got a reputation. One of those are you taking? I've got, I've got a reputation. It's not fair. Um, all right. Okay. Let me think about this. Let me think. Oh God. I'm going to go take the mullet. I'm going to go for mullet. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go for the mullet. Okay. You I'll, can I'll pretend that you had been to some kind of fancy dress party from the eighties or something. Like, yes, that's very true. But what can you get away with, with Ronaldo's, uh, Ronaldo's haircut? Yeah, absolutely nothing. nothing. Um, yeah, no, I'm afraid not. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> I have a feeling that he, can he though? <laughs> He must be thinking like, well, I can't get rid of it now because everyone will obviously know that I just got, I just got the shit kicked out of me when I was in the in the changing rooms after the game. Um, but look, mate, on onto the game, you know. Uh, yes. All the game, yes. Um, uh, look, wonderful, typical, but wonderful goal by Philippe Coutinho. Oh. Uh, I, I think it's it's just such a gem. The thing is, we've seen that so many times now for Liverpool and for, for Barcelona. And we've just seen how he's his first touch is immaculate. His second touch to take it out of his feet is absolutely beautiful. He creates that angle. The shot goes at least about a meter or so outside of the post and then comes in off the post. It's just an absolute, it's a beauty. And you can see what it meant to him as well. You know, it was, uh, it was something, uh, it, was, it was right up there with some of the best goals that we've seen already uh, uh, in this tournament. We've seen some good ones already. I would say, rating them so far, gonna go, well, I'm gonna say Ronaldo's free kick was probably the best goal. And I hate him, so you know how begrudging that is. Wow, that's, um, yeah, okay. And then... <laughs> Oh, are we going to go Coutinho was, was, was the second best? Or because are we in agreement that Nacho shinned his? <laughs> but Nacho's was very, very good as well. So uh, even if he shinned it, uh, it was very, very close to, uh, to it. Um, but, um, you know, and one, one goal that we haven't touched on, we will be touching on soon, of course, is Kolarov's as well. I thought that free kick that he took as well was very good. But we'll talk about that one in a second as well. Well, well I, I think it was a good goal, but I don't think it was as good as Ronaldo's goal. But we'll get on to it in a bit. Uh, getting back to Brazil, Switzerland. When Coutinho did that and put that in, Brazil were playing well. It was a lovely goal. And then yep. the thing is, as he put it in, I thought to myself, oh, I forgot they had Coutinho. Oh, <gasps> they've got him as well. Oh, my God, they're going to win the whole thing. Like, literally, it was like, I forgot that they'd gotten, like, what, £120 million worth of player, like, who oh. isn't even their best player. 
and, it's, and it's unbelievable. Yeah, they. Oh, I was talking about France uh, uh, being household names the other day, and I, I looked over it, and I don't regret saying that because I, I, I thought afterwards, oh, is that, are they? But no, they, they really are. Uh, but this Brazil side just, uh, just oozes it, you know, all the way through on the bench. Douglas Costa, uh, Fernandinho, uh, Firmino, uh, they, they've just got all these great football players, uh, even on the bench, who can't even make it into the team. Uh, well, Bob, it's, Bobby Firmino, Bobby Firmino yep. was, um, I, think, I think, very underrated this year. I think perhaps even more important than Salah was for Liverpool. And, and it's a common theme for you, mate, and something I know you look for, but I'm going to say it now, Bobby Firmino, best teeth at the World Cup by a country mile. <laughs> Well, they certainly. Do you remember how gleaming they were when they first came out? Those teeth, you know. <laughs> oh, they are shine. Oh, my goodness, they were they were making the opposition blind. Yes. And I think that's uh, that's 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 really how it is, isn't it? It's like a uh, a Spartan war all of a sudden, you know. When uh, uh, you've got Firmino running towards you with those blinding teeth, you know, they're just something like out of a uh, out of a, a, a Donald Duck uh, a cartoon or something. Him, I, I thought. He was he was guilty in the second half of of uh, smashing one over when possibly he could have laid it off for for Neymar. Um, but the thing is that he just didn't have that much time on the ball. He is underrated. He has played second fiddle to Salah um, at, at Liverpool. So um, so yeah, I think he could he could possibly come in and try and try and just stabilize that team a little bit. You know, um, yeah. who knows? Maybe maybe in the next game they'll they'll drop Jesus. Maybe play uh, play Firmino instead. I don't know. I don't know. I thought Jesus didn't do Jesus. Sorry, didn't do too badly. He started. Um, well, he started well, but he faded. He, he faded. He, yeah. he looked lively early on. And I want to get into yep. this now. Neymar's performance, and then uh, inevitably everyone is always going to take the star star players and compare them. And I think everyone would agree that Ronaldo and Messi and uh, are in a bracket above everyone. And Neymar is. Definitely a player who's closest to them, yep. uh, Suarez maybe as well. But Neymar's definitely the, the younger one, up and coming, has the ambition, yep. left Barcelona in order to be out of Messi's shadow. So I think it can be a little tiresome, so I don't want to do too much of it. But the comparison between the three, and obviously Ronaldo's made the best start, scored a hat-trick, you know, drawn with Spain by himself. But I think they're kind of interesting, and I'm going to say something that you're probably not going to believe that I'm going to say. But Ronaldo exceeded the other two in terms of his teamwork. So it, Messi has this kind of huge weight of expectation when he plays for Argentina that he doesn't have with Barcelona. He's the main man at Barcelona, but at mm. Argentina, he's almost like the man who has to do it for us. And it, I was watching that game and he was dropping deeper and deeper to get the ball, but they were looking for him and giving them the ball all the time, even mm. in tight, congested spaces. They weren't giving it to the lights of Aguero and Di Maria. It was just always going to Messi. And then I looked at Neymar's performance and Neymar was getting the ball a lot because he was almost demanding the ball. It was mm. like, give it to me I, so I can go and do something. And then he was trying. Uh, his decision-making, I thought, was poor. He was trying the complicated thing when he should have done the simple thing, doing mm. the simple thing when it was perhaps a chance to do the complicated thing. Um, he likes to pass to Coutinho, but doesn't seemingly want to pass to anybody else. <laughs> and I think it's because Coutinho gives him the ball back straight away, which is why he'll allow him to have the ball. But <laughs> Temporarily, that's it. What I, what I thought was fantastic about Ronaldo's performance, when you look at it, is 
that of course he he did more than the other Portuguese players, but he was very very smart about his efficiency of effort. In that, in that he was not running unnecessarily, wasn't demanding the ball. He was quite happy to let you know João Moutinho dictate. Right, like, mm. and I think that meant that when the big moments came. He, he could, you know, whack the penalty in the corner and stick the free kick in. Like, I think Ronaldo game managed himself much more intelligently than either Messi or Neymar did. Mate, I think you've, you've absolutely hit the nail on the head on this one. And this is very difficult for me to say uh, uh, for, for you as well. Well done. <laughs> um, it's, <laughs> Thanks, it's, mate. It, <laughs> That's all right. Um, I wonder how much uh, of an influence the managers have on this as well, because when you're in that dressing room, uh, uh, 20, 30 minutes before the game, uh, the manager always gets a, a period of time to be able to talk and to, 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 to get the team moving upwards. And very often uh, managers do say, you know, give it to this player and let this player play from certain positions and give it to that player. And I don't know whether or not they all did or, or, or whether they didn't or not, but if all three managers from Argentina, Brazil and Portugal did say something along the line, along those lines, um, it, it would have been with the with the complete difference of give it to to Messi so that he can dictate play, give it to Neymar so that he can dictate play. But Fernando Santos would have said, give it to Ronaldo at the right time. Yeah, and I, Ronaldo, I think that's Ronaldo, the has the, Ronaldo has the advantage of he is the Portugal manager. So <laughs> That's very true as well. So he probably wrote those lines for Santos. Yes. Um, <laughs> make sure you say this, mate. All right. Otherwise, you know, we're in trouble. Um, but he, he does. He's, he plays in that position as well, whereby he, he doesn't need to come back. He doesn't need to drop deep. And the Portuguese squad is accommodating for that as well. They're telling him, don't come back. Don't worry about it. We're going to be the ones who, who, who fight to be able to get the ball back. And once we do, we'll build the play up patiently. We'll start to build it up, defense to midfield, midfield up to attack. And then once you're in the right position, we'll be able to pass it to you. Don't get frustrated if the pass doesn't come to you straight away. But you're right. He managed his game very well. Um, now, one thing uh, is uh, that's, that's making a little, me, me a little bit cautious of it all is that um, it's just game one, right? It is just game one. There's two more left. And unfortunately, Ronaldo has, has had, and Messi and Neymar as well, they, they've not had great World Cups, um, be it the pressure. I don't think it's the pressure, but I don't know what it is. They have just not had very good World Cups. And Ronaldo's gone off to a flyer. Of course, as a Portuguese supporter and as a Portuguese person, I hope that he continues. But, uh, uh, you know, I'm, st I'm still I'm starting to get a little bit cautious and I'm starting to just... Uh, Loving, obviously, what happened, especially how he, uh, by the way, you, you, did, you did see how he pulled his short up over his thigh when he took that free kick uh, uh, to, to finish off, to, to finish Spain off to 3-3-3. Three, three, three. Did, you, did you notice that? I'm not sure whether you noticed that or not, but he pulled it almost as if saying his shorts are too tight for his massive thigh. And he's going to pull that one up so he can loosen the thigh up and smack it in the top corner. It was just, it was just like something something out of a demigod movie or something so you know i i thought it was sorry i just thought i'd put that in there because it was uh, it was very softcore gay porn um, yes it was absolutely which he obviously starred in the movie of his own uh which we'll be see, able to see in cinemas near you uh coming next month <laughs> especially in portugal um 
Right, we've 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 uh, moved on from Brazil, Switzerland, onto Ronaldo's thigh. So I think we should leave that game behind and take a short break and come back and review uh, Serbia versus Costa Rica. So let's do that. Part two was about a man's tight shorts and his muscular rippling thighs. Let's hope part three is a little bit higher. then we're back and uh, we're going to talk about serbia costa rica uh yesterday mate you called it you said look out for kolarov they didn't look out for kolarov kolarov waxed one in a a beautiful free kick in and one nil and that was it and that was it yes um look it was it was uh actually a, a it wasn't a great game i wouldn't say it was the the best game that you've ever seen but uh i thought that uh serbia um controlled it uh, they controlled the game up until the time, up until the moment that they scored. And then after that, for some silly reason, well, there's some silly reason. It's, it's, it's pressure, obviously, from, uh, uh, from the Costa Ricans. Um, but they, they, they made it hard for themselves in the end. They made it a little bit tough, and they decided to hit them on the break, which is fair enough. Uh, but I, I, I thought they, they almost shot themselves in the foot there. And Costa Rica, I would say, on, on the whole, probably deserved to get a draw out of that. Um, they had great patches in the first half. They switched the ball around. Um, they played like a, a, a real typical Central American uh, team. And, and I think that they, they, they can be proud of, of, of what they did. And, uh, and uh, yeah, I think, uh, you know, Mitrovic was that usual bully of a self uh, up front. Um, but I, I was actually really impressed. I think for me, man of the match was um, uh, Milinkovic Savic. I thought he was really good. I was very, very impressed with, uh, with him. Um, and he really did pull, pull the strings uh, even after they, uh, after they went ahead. I would say that he was the player that actually made it all done. But there wasn't really much else to sort of say about this, this, uh, uh, this match other than that fantastic free kick and the fact that, um, yeah, Serbia almost uh, g- gave it away, I think, a little bit at the end. Um, although Costa Rica didn't really force uh, any, any real obvious saves uh, uh, for Stankovic, I, I thought that, um, uh, that, uh, that they, they just about got, got over the line on that one. Um, so but going back to Milinkovic Savic is our kind of our first real look at him, come play with a big reputation coming in from Lazio. Now, what what position was he playing? Because he's six foot three, right? So I know. Who, yeah, does he, he, who does he remind you of? Because is he a playmaker? Oh, is he a rampaging midfielder? Is, he wasn't it, playing Ibrahimovic. He reminds me of an older Ibrahimovic. He was playing as a number ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was dropping in deep and he was linking play with Tadic and um, uh, Lajic. 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 Lajic, yeah. And, and I thought he, he, he just did it really, really well. And uh, yeah, no, I was really, really impressed. It's the first time that I've seen him, obviously, as well on, the, on this stage. I've, I saw glimpses of him for, um, uh, for, for, for Napoli. Um, Lazio. Uh, sorry, Lazio last year, same color kit. Um, and uh, yeah. I, an Italian, uh, but um, the thing that annoys me most is the fact that his name is so long, um, and yes. I think it's going to be very, very annoying to have to say Milinkovic Savic every time. Well, you we... know what the Lazio fans refer to him as because he's Sergei Milinkovic Savic, right. so he's SMS. 
SMS. There we go. So it's the SMS coming through. In fact, yes, I, I did. I, I heard the, the, the commentators mention him as SMS. I, th I thought, well, they said SMS a couple of times. And I thought, well, was he receiving an SMS right now? Just focus on the football, for God's sake. What are you doing? Now I realize, cool, SMS it is. Um, he really was a, a standout uh, performer in this. And did you know that during this game, Yes. Um, they they actually uh, broke the record for the longest period of time in a World Cup without a red card. Oh, and we that's have right. We haven't had a single seen... red card yet. Yeah, yeah. And I I, I thought <laughs> this is just hang on a sec. We've we passed the record now. Any time now, let it go. And I tell you what, Ivanovic did his very best to try and get that first red card, and uh, almost did with a a, a very ugly two footed challenge. I think it was on Gamboa, um, and it was it was very ugly. He he got away with one there. Um, and and um, Matic had a had a had a go at getting one right at the end of the game. Yes, that's when right. Got... It was. Decided to take on the entire Costa Rican bench by himself. <laughs> well, he's got the frame for it, you know. He's usually a quite calm and collected character, Mattis. Well, he's right. very, and I very did, composed, I but he was just literally having offering to have and out the entire bench. I mean, it, was the, it, it wasn't even a, a Serbian throw. He didn't want to play the ball quickly. It was pretty obvious what he was doing. Uh, the 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 the, the um, uh, Costa Rican uh, the Costa Rican guy picked it up. Uh, the, the, I don't know who it was. It was whether it was the physio or the assistant manager or whoever it was. He picked it up, and of course he wanted to wait until one of his lads was going to come over and pick up the ball. And Matic, he wanted to get the ball off him so that he could just do that thing where he holds the ball, jogs backwards on the pitch and then throws the ball up in the air so that it's, it goes into the clouds, gathers some ice, comes back down again and, uh, and then the game's over. So it was obvious what he wanted to do. But like, uh, I'm a bit surprised that he didn't get sent off for that because it, it was pretty obvious gamesmanship. Um, and, and yeah, you're right. He decided to take a, a, every single one of them on. Um, and then Kostic got very lucky at the end because he threw a hand uh, out at, um, I think it was, uh, it was uh, I can't remember if, if um, it, was one, it was one of the one of the defenders who was going back, maybe Gonzalez, and threw a, threw a hand on his face. But the thing is, Gonzalez went down very theatrically, and it was just sort of like a finger to the face type thing. It wasn't a full out punch. So, uh, uh, but it, it, that could have given him a, a red card. Instead, he got a yellow, and I, I think that's wrong. Actually, you can't book someone for smacking someone in the face. It, it's a no, red card or nothing, isn't card. it? Yeah, that, yeah. So. That is that is a red card, and we but and so we didn't we broke the record for the longest time without red cards, and the two games that came after didn't have any red cards, so no. uh, it's probably going to be a red card tomorrow. So we'll be back in a bit to preview which one of those games is most likely to have a red card in it. Uh, so join us for that. Me, my mom, my dad, and my gran were off to Waterloo. Me, my mom, my dad, and my gran with a bucket of vindaloo. 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 Part four. All right, we're back, mate. And we're, we're on to this part of the podcast that I've been dreading and don't want to do. Uh, dreaming of, surely. No, dreading. No? Dreading. We are previewing tomorrow's games, one of which involves um, a team that I'm quite familiar with, England. Uh, there's also, um, so England are playing Tunisia, which is the last yep. game of the day. Uh, South Korea play Sweden and Belgium play Panama. All right, mate, let's get it over and done with. Uh, uh, ask me how I'm feeling about the England game. Mate, yeah. how are you feeling about the England game? I'm dreading it. 
It's awesome. <laughs> I hate, I hate, hate, hate this situation because we're playing Tunisia tomorrow. Tunisia, uh, if Tunisia had a World Cup win, I don't think they have, have they? Uh, uh, It's a very good question. I'm not entirely sure. No, I I don't think they have. 98. Actually, you know what they did? Didn't they win their last game against Romania in 98? And even though it was meaningless, or did they get close to it? Yeah, they, they... they may very well have done. They may very well have done. And of course, uh, uh, England know all about Tunisia. Well, know all about them. Not this current crop of players, but uh, uh, we've we've obviously had, um, uh, you know, t- t- Tunisia versus England before. So, um, and and I think uh, that that one was at, at a time where England, you know, fully expected. Uh, a, a full-on victory, and you know what? I've I've actually got very bad memories of that uh, because uh, I was uh, was dating this girl in in London uh, at the time, and she had she was one of six uh, siblings. She had four older. I thought brothers. you were going to say six very people fun. I was dating at the time. <laughs> An, an amassment, um, and uh, and when England, when, and you know me, sort of, I look a little bit sort of Mediterranean, and uh, you know I've got I've got this sort of you know dark curly hair and all the big bushy eyebrows, and uh, and so I I uh, arrived, and it, I think we had just started dating uh, dating this girl, and one of the brothers uh, decided to take it upon himself as a typical London lout, uh, uh, bloody idiots, uh, and just come along and just went, oi, Jason, you're a Tunisian. You know, and uh, and they, oh, they started to they started to make songs. Jason Pelham is a Tunisian. Jason Pelham is a Tunisian. You know, just dancing around their living room, uh, uh, their living the living room in their home before the match. You know, and it was just like, oh God, well, I'll, I'll, I guess I'll take it. You know, <laughs> you're a generous I man. Think, I, I think I am, yeah, quite frankly, because it was just it was just stupid. But anyway, you know, so I, I don't have very fond memories uh, of. <laughs> Of that one very much, but uh, but yeah, like um, well, I hope I hope tomorrow is better for you. Better for you. I hope it's better for me. Um, but <laughs> I know England are in almost in a no-win situation. If if we if we beat Tunisia, then you beat Tunisia. You're expected to. If we draw with Tunisia, it's disappointing. If we lose, it's pretty much the end of the world. Uh, this podcast might have to stop. <laughs> I don't think I could come on and talk about it. Um, it's it's just a kind of no win scenario. The game is almost I mean because Tunisia's playmaker is out injured with an ACL, so it's almost inevitably going to be a war of attrition as they put everyone behind the ball and then Wabi Kazri tries to score f- from corners, and um, uh, going to get at least dangerously close to letting one of them in. And Kyle Walker is playing centre back, and Kyle Walker is a he's a very good player, and he's improved massively under Guardiola and Pochettino. But Kyle Walker does make one incredibly stupid mistake every game, and sometimes minutes, yeah. Sometimes you don't notice it because sometimes it's just an innocuous thing, like he can't pick up a water bottle and tries to drink out the wrong end of it. But sometimes. <laughs> He plays the ball to the opposition player in front of goal, or falls over, or. And oh, he he made that terrible error in the Champions League, didn't he? Against uh, was it against Liverpool? Uh, well, and also exactly. he made the error I think um, that cost Man City in the FA Cup when when Will Grigg uh, managed to to score against him. So that's yeah. going to happen at some point. John Stones and Harry Maguire disasters waiting to happen. Uh, we have a feature called Who's Worse Than Jesse Lingard? Well, Jesse Lingard is definitely as good as Jesse Lingard and as bad as Jesse Lingard. And as bad as Jesse Lingard. <laughs> and he's going to play, it seems. 
and Deli Ali is Deli Ali has a fairly strong chance of getting that first red card. Um, Harry Kane's coming back from injury and doesn't look fit. Oh, mate, this is a disaster. Well, uh, you know what? Um, I, I think that uh, you. you you need this. This is almost actually a, a good thing for you, to be totally honest. I think it's a good thing to to just think about how uh, uh, how they, they, they could lose the game. You know, start setting yourself up for this. Is very British, by the way. Start setting yourself up for for disaster uh, uh, because then at least you won't be too disappointed towards the end. Uh, but uh, but I, I you know what I, I'm gonna go with you uh, and with your um, uh, pre. Uh, uh, pre-podcast, pre-tournament prediction, and I'm going to say a two-nil win for 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 England. I no, think don't do that. Don't say yeah. that. <laughs> I, I think they've obviously got it in them, and I don't know, but there's, you know, there's all these stupid like Gary Neville once again. I don't know why I keep going back to Gary Neville. Gary Neville came back apparently the other day and said uh, that there is no world-class players in the England squad apart from uh, Harry Kane. Now, uh, uh, and of course, they, they then put uh, Kyle Walker on the spot and said, well, Gary Neville said this, you know, and poor old uh, 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 um, uh, Kyle Walker was a little bit sort of, well, well he's entitled to his opinion. Um, I, I sort of see where Gary Neville is coming from. His definition of a world-class player is, um, will he get into any team around the world. But that then just means that there's only 11 world-class players in the world uh, because you can't have that 12th one because all the 11 players are already taking it. So uh, you've, you've screwed up there on that one. But what I, what I do like about this England squad is that it is, it is young. Yes. Uh, they they they've come through uh, pre-qualifying without too much of an issue, apart from this small, stupid uh, 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 Sterling. I've got a gun on on machine thing, uh, you know, which which has just been brushed over very very quickly, and thank God it has. Um, and it, it 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 seems like they've they've been just quietly getting along with it. And what I'm hoping that is happening is that Gareth Southgate is actually. Uh, and, and I think this is wonderful as well, because isn't he the youngest uh, uh, manager that England have had uh, probably ever? I, I don't know. I mean, it's, uh, I, I think it's really good to have a young manager who's in there who can, who can talk to the players at their level and not have some stupid Sam Allardyce or, or sorry, Harry, Harry, sorry to do this, but Harry Redknapp or, you know, one of these older figures who, who can't really connect uh, with the players in the same way that, uh, that Gareth can. So I, I think that, that, uh, that they're in a good mood. Um, they're, they're not as anxious as they have been in, in past tournaments. And I, I'm, I'm really hopeful that, uh, that they'll get together. I, I don't know whether they'll play that well, I can't promise, and I don't think that they, 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 they will. If they get an early goal, I think that would settle the nerves. Um, but, uh, but there's that danger of the early goal and then them, you know, you know, just falling back. It is 11 v 11 after all, you know, and we're going up against a team of relative unknowns, sorry, with no disrespect to Tunisia, uh, but there are not that many uh, players in the Tunisian lineup who, who, you know, are household names at all. In fact, I think there's only two that play in England uh, and one of them plays for Sunderland. So uh, one of them know, couldn't so get into Sunderland's team. Well, yeah. we couldn't get into the Sunderland starting lineup. I don't know. So, I'm worried by this media charm offensive they've been on because it's been a really noticeable thing that they're trying to make a connection with the media to try and get a bit more positive press coverage. They're having 
like they had a media day where everybody in the squad sat in a room for an hour and all the media were going around talking to them. They're doing this regular thing where a journalist plays one of the squad at darts. And, you know, it's basically a pretty much a charm offensive, which I, I, you might be right in that you say that makes them more relaxed than they've ever been, which might be a good thing. Or it might be that someone's gone, you know what, this is going to go horribly wrong. Let's try and get the press on side now. But, <laughs> but you know, that's not going to work. You know, the, the, the press are there to make money. So they're, they're going to they're gonna have a field day if, if, if they all mess up. In fact, I'm, I'm sure that a lot of them are licking their lips. You know, um, this, is, this is all about money and this is how much money that, they, that they're going to make. They don't give a, a flying fig about the England squad. Um, so, yeah, no, I look, uh, I, let's... Put, putting everything aside, I, I, I really, I do like this, the, 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 the look of this team. Uh, and I, I just like it now because it's just, it, it's, it doesn't have all those, those big stars. It doesn't have the Gerrards and the Lampards and the Beckhams. It doesn't have all of them, them in the past. In fact, we're, we're struggling to find anyone uh, who's able to, uh, to do it. And let, let me just say, I'm, you know me, I'm not a huge fan of, of Harry Kane. I'm sorry, just because of the way that he always seems to be able to score against Southampton. Um, but uh, I... love a goal against uh, Southampton. He does. I just, would you stop it, please? Pick on someone else. It's just, oh. But look, I've been really quietly impressed by how he's been ca- uh, uh, handed the captain's arm- armband um i thought he did he's, he's done really well in his press conferences he's changed you know he's become uh, uh far more captainaic uh and uh, instead of just having jordan henderson uh or um uh, uh, i don't know gary cahill or, or whatever as one of our captains and i know that there's been a, a little bit of concern about the fact that possibly you know we've got someone who's up front as our captain and how can he possibly communicate with the defense and, and everything and everything. And yeah, fair enough. That might be a point, but I think um, it's, it's, it's about leading by example. And when you've got a player like Harry Kane, even though in some games you can't see him that often, if he puts a real shift in, especially in this first game, I reckon England can start to build up ahead of steam and, and they can really go for it. It's the first time, you know me, I'm, I'm always very negative about Southampton, but uh, about England. But, uh, but I don't know what it is. I think something's just creeping in and I'm, I'm even more optimistic about England's chances than I am of Portugal's. Um, well, you've ruined Ooh. tomorrow. Well done. <laughs> Temp- tempted fate and ruined tomorrow um i don't know i just i just hope that at some point someone has some fun on a on an england team and that wabi kazu doesn't score from a corner all right uh, it's, it's it's not a lot to ask for you're asking for very little and and i reckon you know hopefully as well it's not going to be tunisia just parking the bus sticking 11 players behind the ball which it probably will be a little bit and then us just really struggling to break them down because i think those kind of games we haven't had those kind of games for a while so um uh so yeah i, I think um it, it, yeah fingers crossed it'll be something special fingers crossed what well, mate we're we're uh, aiming to be done in under an hour. So that gives us like six minutes uh, to preview both South Korea versus Sweden and Belgium versus Panama. Uh, Belgium versus Panama. We'll do that first because it comes first. Uh, two big teams. I mean, physically big. Uh, Panama have the heaviest player in Roman Torres and um, Belgium have Musa yeah. Dembele. Um, that should be interesting. That should be interesting. Absolutely. They've got... <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't know whether Musa Dembele will start or not. He should. Uh, he, he really, really should, especially in that holding uh, uh, role. But, uh, you know, they've got, uh, and, and here it is with Belgium. I did say it right at the beginning. I hope they get knocked out in the first round and, and they go home nice and early. Um, but they've got uh, uh, quite a number of, uh, and, and we know it, they've got a number of uh, extremely talented football players. Uh, they should really be, be, be putting one over on, on, uh, on Panama here. Yes, they should, because Panama don't really have anyone. Um, mm. uh, yeah, no, absolutely. I've, I've liked the look of Carrasco. Uh, I, I think he'll he'll be he'll be some someone who who works uh, works out well for them as well. And of course, they've got Marouane Fellaini, who they can bring on uh, ten minutes from the end uh, to score a dodgy a dodgy chest down and header. Uh, Is there a worse sight in football than Marouane Fellaini coming on for the last? Well, 10 we should for the we game. should probably make that a feature, just like who's worse than Jesse Lingard, because uh, yes. is there a worse sight than Marouane Fellaini? I challenge anyone to come out and say that. Yes, there is. Well, yeah, tell me who. I'm with you. I mean, Marouane Fellaini starting a game is pretty bad, but the sight of him coming on with 10 minutes to go, it's almost as if the the manager who brings him on is announcing, this is going to be horrible. I'm just going (laughs) to throw everything into the box and hope that something goes in. It is. Entertainment has been abandoned for the day. Do not bother watching. (laughs) Have, Have that image of Martinez slouched in 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 the in the dugout area you know head in his hands rubbing his eyes going oh, all right go on bring Marouane on oh, do, it, on. do it do, do it. it i'm not gonna look just do it bring it on just do it all right you you do it as well i'm not even gonna talk to him mate you you know <laughs> you tell him you tell him i don't have to talk to him all right then now me, okay, we, we, okay we've got three minutes to do um South Korea versus Sweden. So South Korea yep. a team that's dear to both of our hearts because we both lived and in fact we met each other in South Korea. They're up yep. against the Swedes. Um, the South Korean press are unusually pessimistic about their chances. Yeah. Uh, I would say that they've that obviously Son Heung-min uh, is uh, a Tottenham player, so I love him dearly. He's a Tottenham yep. player who scores a lot of goals, which makes him even better. I would say that he's their best player ever. South Korea's. I, I, I think um, he's already the what uh, better than Park Ji Sung? Yes, yes, yeah. much better than Park Ji Sung. Okay, um, and he's already the the highest highest scoring Asian player in the Premier League, the highest scoring Asian player in the Champions League. Mm. Um, He's a fantastic talent, and I think he's better than anyone on Sweden's team. Like he would, he would waltz into into Sweden's uh, first team. Yep. But if I do worry that if you keep him quiet, actually they've got some other kind of pacey players. The defense worries me, and set pieces worries me because Sweden are a yeah, big on. So that's that is a real area that they're going to get undone. You know, when they start to. You know when Lindelof comes up and uh, uh, you know for free for for corners and uh, Olsen comes up, it's going to be really tough for them to deal with that. I think that's the main thing that they're going to have to look out for. Uh, personally, I think that uh, look, I'm going to go for a draw with this one. I'm going to go for a draw, especially if they if Sweden decide to play John Gudetti up front. <laughs> he is terrible. He is um, terrible. <laughs> yes, and they're a very dull side, Sweden. Like there's there's not really anything to get excited about. Uh, no, I, right. I, I kind of yeah. hope Sweden catch them. Uh, sorry, South Korea catch them by surprise. Uh, they they had a friendly against Colombia recently, where they um, actually managed to beat Colombia. Colombia with um, James Rodriguez and Falcao and Davinson Sanchez in the team. 
and Korea, when they attack, do attack with a fair bit of pace. Um, they, they're not very good at the final ball. They do make poor decisions in the final third, but they, they are a high-pressing team. They do look mm. to press the team far up the field. But, yeah, you worry about them making mistakes at the back. Um, yep. Sweden, Sweden only got to this World Cup through a playoff with Italy, and they only got through that playoff thanks to a, a, a De Rossi own goal. So th- I don't think there's a lot of goals in that Sweden team. There really isn't. Uh, you know, you've got uh, Larsson is uh, is probably their playmaker in the middle. He also doesn't get into Sunderland's team. <laughs> There's yes, two players yeah. who can't play for Sunderland playing in the World Cup tomorrow. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's 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 difficult to see many goals here. I think uh, I think we're going to have to go for a a bit of a drab nil nil here for this one. Oh, I'm I'm going for a, a, a Sunderland inspired rapier like one in the top <laughs> corner. Uh, in the in the I don't know in the fifty seventh minute and then um, some horrendous Swedish finishing and uh, and and then it would have yep. been a good day at least. All right, sounds good to me. Let's go right. for that. All right, mate. So I think that's that. That's us done for the day. We've actually managed to cover all the things we wanted to cover. Uh, if England don't deeply embarrass themselves, we'll be back tomorrow. If they do, you'll be doing the show by yourself until I can get myself <laughs> out of bed. I'll see you by myself tomorrow then. (laughs) All right. Enjoy. (laughs) Have fun. Bye. Bye. (laughs) I'm a synthetic voice synthesizing app and even I thought that was shockingly bad. Praise be to all the gods that it's finished. Now share it with all your friends. 